What up, this is your boy DJ EFN. You might know me as a drink champ, but first and foremost, I'm a proud father. I linked up with two of my other dad homies, Manny Digital and KGB, to start the Fatherhoods podcast. Each week, we bring you insider hip-hop stories, parenting, and advice and therapy. The saying is true, it takes a village, and we humorously serve as each other's trusted counsel in figuring out how not to screw up being a good dad. The Fatherhood Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diapers. This episode of the Fatherhood's Podcast is brought to you by Fly Dad, where fatherhood stays fly. Check us out at flydadgear.com. Yes, back for another episode, and we've got the man behind the Good Dad Gang himself. And I think he was, I think he might have been our first guest on this podcast. Definitely early. Yep, terminology. What up, man? My brother's K. Term, what up? Guys, what's going on, man? Oh, man, it's been uh, it's been a crazy couple weeks, but I'm good, man. Grinding, you know the you know the work don't stop. So first, and and we don't necessarily have to touch on this, but I do want to pay respects to you and your family for your loss. Um, I know your condolences, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know if you want to touch on that at all and if not all good i know that's a can, can be a kind of a raw subject yeah no um <clears throat> i don't mind um this is fatherhood's podcast you know what i'm saying so we got to talk about fathers and um mine was a great man his name was domingo carrillo um he was 61 years of age when he passed away last week um dude was a legend you know a lot of people know him he built hundreds of uh low riders and hot rods and muscle cars and uh, his his work, you know, will live forever. I had so many people come up to me at the funeral and say, hey, I knew your dad for so long. And he uh, was a great man, dedicated his life to his work. And uh, he built, you know, five cars for me, 10 cars for me, 13 cars for me, whatever, my car, my wife's car. So uh, his work, man, it just, you know, it speaks for itself. And um, kind of crazy, like, going through something like this, I've never been in charge of like burying somebody. I've had mm. uncles die, but it, it's never been like thrown on me where they're like, hey, uh, you got to bury this guy. You're the one who has to find the funeral home. You're the one who has to, you know, figure out the bread. You got to, uh, you know, see what his wishes were. You got to divvy up his property. You got you're in, you're, you have to do the obituary. You have to invite people, um, you know, his family, make sure everybody feels like they're included. Make sure there's a picture of everybody from the cousin to the grandma to this side of the family. So so there's so much that comes with burying somebody. Um, And you have to also deal with it yourself. You know, you have to, me and my dad were really close. So you got to deal with it too, man. So it was quite a crazy thing. Yesterday was his, uh, was his, um, his mercy meal. And the day before was his services. So it's been kind of crazy, but um, I'm just thankful that I had a good relationship with him. It was a rocky one. You know, it started out, pretty horrible when I was a kid. And then uh, he redeemed himself and we got, ended up getting really cool, you know, when I became a man and I understood what it was to be a man and what it is to be a father and and the pressures and all that stuff, man. So, you know, shout out to my father, Domingo Carrillo. You're going to be dearly missed. Hey, talk about really quick, if you can, the redeeming factor of your father, because imagine someone listening and watching that, that probably didn't do good in the beginning of, you know, when they had a kid. And maybe are thinking like, I want to get back in my kid's life. Like, well, how did he redeem himself to you? You can do it, man. You can do it. And um, 
I find with the Good Dad Gang, I, I meet a lot of people and they say to me things like, oh, you know, my baby mom don't let me see the kid or the court don't let me see the kid. So I haven't seen my kid in two years or five years or three years. And I'm like, yo, I get that. I get that. But at the end of the day, it's also on you to make sure you got to try your hardest to fix that. Because sometimes you just leave it up to your court or leave it up to the BM or leave it up to whoever. And then essentially it becomes your fault. You know what I'm saying? Because if you gave up, then you gave up. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they don't make it hard on us. I'm not saying that every case isn't different because every case is different. But essentially, bro, if you keep trying and you keep fighting, um, you know, if it's that thing there, if that's what's holding you back, you'd probably be able to figure it out. Um, as far as my dad, that wasn't his issue. My father's issue was he was just a real old school guy. Like he came up, he had seven brothers. His father was real militant. One brother did something, they all got smacked up for it. That's what it was. It's not this era. So he grew up, you know, he, his thing was you act up, you get smacked up. So he was quick to smack the shit out of you. Um, you know, he was real rough with his word. He was raw. He was working 12 hours a day. Um, I grew up, you know, with my mother um, in poverty, pretty much in a building full of crackheads and a crack house, growing up like really messed up and he wasn't there. So when my mom and her sisters and the cousins and the family and everybody saying, oh, your dad's a piece of shit. Look where he left you. Look how he left you guys. And he doesn't give no money to your mom. And why are you here? And he's over there. So you grow up hating your dad for all these reasons. Um, for them, you know, when I turned about 15, I told them like, yo, why'd you leave us like that? Why? You know what I was going through, you know, as a kid. And uh, when you were around, you were mean to me. You were hitting me. You were, you know, talking down on on me and talking down on my mom and this, that, and the third. And he had a whole different perspective. His perspective was, what do you mean? I sent money every week. I seen you every week. Like in his mind, that was enough. That was more than enough. Mm. Um, and I get it. Cause some people never even meet their dad. So um, I get it. it he might've, he might've looked at it like that, but um, like later, he just got cooler. Like he wasn't yelling at people. He wasn't trying to smack nobody. He just, he, he, we got to know him like the funny version of him. He was a real responsible person. He'll drop what he, anything he's doing to come help you. If your car broke down on the side of the road, he's coming to fix it. Uh, you know, whatever the case, you needed a ride somewhere, you needed some advice or you needed a move at the drop of a dime. He'll come move your house. So um, I'm recently learning about love languages and people's love languages. He only had one and it was acts of service. You know what I'm saying? All mm. he knew how to do was fix, fix your toilet, fix your house, help you move, you know, maybe lend you a couple of dollars if he had it, fix your car. That was it. He didn't know how to say, I love you. He didn't know how to pat you on the back and say, good game, son. I'm proud of you. He didn't know how to, he didn't know your birthday. He probably right. wouldn't remember your birthday. He didn't, you know, so it's like a lot of times we expect what we get from what we expect to see like, oh, my father's, my brother, my friend, father treats him like that. Hey, son, I love you, son. Good job. He's there at all the basketball games. He's there at the football game. You expect your dad to do that. You're comparing. Or you expect your dad to act like your mother. Your mother tells you every day, I love you. I'm proud of you. Your father doesn't say it at all. Instead, he's like, hurry up. What are you doing? Yeah, fix, fix yourself. So it's like, you got to learn. You got to learn that everybody's going to love you in a different way. Doesn't mean you have to accept people abusing you um, or treating you bad. But I just feel like, you know, once I once I got 20 and once I became a man and had a kid, I started understanding what it was that you were the one that was in charge of this whole house. You know, you came home and nobody had food. It was your fault. 
you came home and the rent wasn't paid. It was your fault. So when I started understanding that, I'm like, oh, I get it. Like he spent his life trying to do what he thought was the right thing, which was just putting food on the table and paying the rent. All that other emotional shit didn't matter to him. Mm-hmm. And, um, but when he got older, you know, he was way cooler. I was calling me, hey, where's my granddaughter? Bring my granddaughter. I want to bring her to, to go get ice cream. I want to bring her to the water park. I want to go to the lake. He kind of opened up and just became like more cool. And, um, and yeah, like I said, he was able to redeem himself because we really didn't have any problems for the last, you know, 10, 15 years of his life. It was more just the, the resentment for going through what I went through as a kid. Yo, that's, uh, thank you for sharing that, man. Cause I think a lot of us go through a lot of that same stuff with, you know, the, the older generation parents and that re- relationship that we have, you mentioned love languages. Um, and you said you, you kind of started recently picking up on that. Is that based on the book? Um, the five love languages by Gary Chapman. It is based on it. Um, but basically it's been brought to my attention by several different people and people keep bringing it up and say, hey, what's your love languages? They keep asking me and asking people around me. So then I started realizing, I'm like, oh, okay. There's a reason why I feel the need for, for people to say they love me. Or there's a reason why I feel the pe- the need that like, if I go you know, do something, work, work, work my ass off for 12 days, uh, painting your house for you for free, and when you when I'm done, you don't say thank you. There's a reason why I'm holding it in my heart. I'm so tight because I just wanted the words of affirmation. I just wanted you to say, yo, thank you. I understood that what you just did, you sacrificed your time for me. You busted your ass. Like, I didn't know why I was taking things so personally. And I didn't know why I was kind of like craving certain things. Um, like, like, you know, and then I started realizing like, oh, okay. Everybody loves differently. And, um, and yeah, my dad didn't really have any. The only thing he really would do for you was kind of like that one thing. Like he would do an act of service for you and that was it. Um, and so he got older and then it was like, oh, I love you. He's saying I love you to the kids and the grandkids. And he, I think we soften up as men when we get older right. too. Yeah, it's crazy how age can mellow people out. It's hormonal generally. at that point. Yeah. yeah. Start to lose our testosterone. That's what it is. It's is our it, menopause. That, it, yeah. yeah, that's why yeah, they say... Old men start planting, the, get into plants and shit. Hey, you're coming with the, the greatest answers, man. This guy, <laughs> this guy, like, we'll be all talking about, like, you know, drunk facts, and he'll bust out with some real, like, philosophical, scientific answers. <laughs> real, real talk, though. I feel you. It must be. Because I'm softer, too. I mean, when you're 20, you're running around with a bunch of thugs and guns and acting right. stupid. And now, you know, I'm pushing 40, and all I want to do is relax and chill. And hang yeah. with my kids and you know i don't want to be involved in no no dumb shit you know yeah so it's still i think the last time you were here and it was mad long ago i think that was like episode yeah. seven when i you think was. yeah i think he was our first guest wow okay yeah 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 right and then yeah. you two daughters i got two daughters one is 18 and one is 10 yeah. and no more kids since the last time we saw you oh no the fact that he's closed my guy <laughs> <laughs> And, and so Manny's you know, disappointed. <laughs> nah, nah, I don't know. Life happens, bro. Shit nah, happens. I, just, I, I just feel like, you know, as a person who already traveled the world, I've been to 50 countries. I know what's out there. I'm not, I'm not local. I don't, you know, I don't want to sit in the house raising another baby. I put in my bed. Right. I did that already. And uh, shout out to my, my two baby moms. Cause they, they put in all that work when I was on those world tours and I was gone for 30 days and I'm going to China and Japan and Bangkok and Sweden and Switzerland and all these places. 
in uh, Spain. I'm in Spain for 10 days doing eight shows back to back to back. Um, somebody had to bring these kids to school every day, do the homework with them, get them up, get them dressed, reprimand mm-hmm. them, feed them, all that type of stuff. So that's kind of where I started really understanding what my dad was like trying to say. He's like, yo, I'm not around, but I'm sending that bread back and I love you but I'm not around. So it's much different with me. Um, even when I lived in New York, I would travel back to Boston every Sunday to see my kids. I wouldn't miss a Sunday where my dad would go like six months without seeing me. So I'll never compare myself to him because I'm a much better father. But I feel like the reason why I'm such a good father is because he was such a terrible father. So he showed me everything not to do. And in my opinion, you know. You spending time with your daughters today, what does that look like? All the time. I mean, you know, I have uh, the little one. She stays over my house like once a week, sometimes twice a week. So I'll bring her to school, you know, get her ready. She has her own clothes over here. She has her own regimen over here. Um, My older daughter's 18. So she just, yesterday I called her, yo, you want to make some money and work for me? Come over here. I got $50 for you. Mm -hmm. You know, she'll come drive over here, do a couple of things. I'll give her 50 bucks and I love you, dad. And she's on her way. She's 18. She want to chill with me. She wants to chill with me. I understand that, but uh, hey, how I, does that how how does that feel like that that um that change from like when they really love hanging with you and that's you know you're their world to all of a sudden they you know in some cases they're not so cool to their parents anymore, but in other cases they are still cool, but they you know they want to go do other like how does that how does that feel to you in terms of like did you re- initially feel hurt by it at all? It, yeah, yeah I, would, I would say there's got to be a Hell feeling yeah, like that. You're looking at somebody and you're like, I love you more than anything on this world and you don't even want to chill with me. You know, mm-hmm. it, it hurts. Like, even though they don't mean it like that, you know what I'm saying? It, yeah. It's the same way that we were. When we were 14, 15, 16, 17, we wanted to go listen to hip hop. We wanted to go to house parties. We wanted to go grab the mic and get on the open mic or DJ or do graffiti or breakdance. The last thing we were trying to do on a Friday night was sit around listening to old stories from our mom and dad about some stupid movie we didn't care about. <laughs> right. All our friends is over here getting fresh and expressing themselves and doing what they want to do. Now they got social media. So now you can sit there and watch everybody having the best time ever while you're sitting here on the couch right. talking to your dad about some stuff. They don't care about hip hop. You know, I have... 40 crates of vinyl and 3,000 CDs. If they ever want to know about hip-hop, I could tell them everything there is to know about hip-hop from the beginning of hip-hop to now. You know what I'm saying? I'm a hip-hop head for real, aficionado. Like, I got a whole bookshelf full of books on hip-hop. I got every Source magazine from 1995 until they stopped making them. Like, I know hip-hop, and they don't care, bro. They don't. I'm like, you know what it is? They don't care. Uh, Sometimes, you know, they'll hear a song and, and they'll be like, oh, I like that. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. But this is not their thing, you know. So, so I'm saying that they're not interested in what I'm interested in. So I got to yeah. I gotta find out what they're interested in and just kind of like let them be them. Yo, on a, on a uh, brighter note, let's talk about the uh, Good Dad Gang and your collab. Let's, let's plug yeah. that a little bit. Yeah, so for Father's Day, we did the Good Dad Gang sneaker. I got it right here holding my oh. hand to Patrick Ewing sneaker and um really excited about this this uh collab because you know to my knowledge there's never really been a sneaker for fathers this is the first fatherhood sneaker and um you know i started good dad gang in 2014 definitely helped spawn a lot of movements i go on social media now there's hundreds of dad movements there's 
like 20 of them that rip off mine. Same logo. Same logo. Yeah, I've seen that. Good dad company. Good dad. Mm. The dad gang. Good dad corporation. Good dad movement. I mean, you wow. listen, bro. It's crazy uh, the amount of like people that just kind of stole my idea and ran with it. But that doesn't really matter because the point was to motivate dads to be good dads. That was the whole point of this, right? right. So my plan worked. And um, it's cool, man. Like, it's cool. Like, I'm happy. I'm happy that this generation and over the last eight years, I've helped so many people. Like, my homies used to come home from jail and be like, oh, I want to see my kid, but I just came home and I can't because I don't know because she might not let me see and I don't got a phone and I don't got a car. Making every excuse in the book. And I'd be like, bro, figure that out right now. You know what I'm saying? You're you going to figure out how you're going to hang out with a shorty tonight or go to a party or get you some weed figure it out bro like and i i talk to them straightforward and like you see like a month from then later they'd be like in the park back with their kids good dad and they seem like yo thank you you changed my life i hear it every day i hear it all the time so like it really it really worked and um you know just like the core values of what good dad gang was supposed to be we far exceeded it this is our eighth year we're doing our eighth backpack giveaway last year we gave away 800 backpacks this year we're gonna give away a thousand. We started doing the toy drive. Uh, now we're linking up with different companies like Diamond. I saw you know um, EFN rock the Diamond shirt on Drink Champs. So I appreciate that. Uh, we had the Good Dad Gangstar collaboration with DJ Premier. That went really far. We had a commercial where we had Ice T. We had LL Cool J, Two Chains, The Locks. Yeah, I remember that. Participating, yeah. um, you know, and it, it's not easy to get those guys to do a free commercial for you. You know, luckily I had DJ Premier to make the call and people respect him enough uh, that, you know, it was nothing for them to just send in the drops and Primo to make the beat and put together that. But um, it's cool, man, that some people in some powerful places um, have really like taken the good dad gang and, and, and taken the brand, like a liking to it and, and pushed it for me. People like Primo recently, Dustin Poirier from UFC, wore the sneaker on Father's Day, took pictures with his kids on Father's Day. Jamie Foxx was making beats in the studio, wearing wearing the hat and wearing the shirt and uh, shouting it out on his gram. So it's like, you just really never know how far I can go, um, these type of things. And I feel like uh, it's been eight years, but I feel like we're finally getting where we want to be. So, you know, shout out to the sneaker. We only made 500 pairs. We already sold 400 and something. They're almost sold out, but you can still get, I believe, Select sizes on ewingathletics.com. You can check them out. This is a leather croc luxe sneaker. Good dad gang. And it's flat, man. It's, if you like sneakers, if you're a sneakerhead, icy bottom. Good dad gang on the laces. Good dad gang on the inside. And we make a match that goes with it. Nice. That's dope, man. Congrats, bro. That's that's not easy work. And for being able to stick with it for so long, yeah. seeing the, the fruits of your labor is pretty, I got to imagine it's pretty dope. Thank you. It's an everyday thing running a company. This is a real company. It's a corporation. So you that's, know, a, that's actually a great point because I think some people might get it twisted and mm -hmm. just feel like it's like an Instagram page and that's it. Yeah, right. it's not that. I, w I wish it was that easy. Right. Um, but my dedication to my companies is, is what, you know, makes me who I am. Like, I got 44 albums out, you know? Like, if you check my discography, if you count all my uh, original mixtapes and EPs, I started in 2003 when 2022, over 19 years, I've put out 44 projects, different albums with MOP, collabs with Static and Primo and all these people. 
um, been to 50 countries. I mean, when I like something and when I'm dedicated to it, I go all out. And recently my, my love and my dedication has went to the Good Dad Gang movement, you know, a little bit more than hip hop, as much as I love hip hop, but I'm still doing it. I'm still rapping every day. I'm doing shows now that the pandemic's over. I'm doing collabos and features and all that stuff. Well, but it's still hip hop though. It what is. doing it's still hip hop. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I spent a lot of time on the fatherhood aspect, you know, on pushing Good Dad Gang versus just in the booth. Like right. clearly, if you yeah. know terminology, you know, I know how to rap. Like I've been doing that forever. Uh, but yeah, I spent a lot of time on it and, and we're not done, you know. I want to take it to a new level. I'm in the middle of writing a book. I'm almost done a book, a Good Dad Gang book. Um, you know, after that, we want to do a documentary series where we interview different fathers from people in the community to celebrities, all that stuff. So, you know, I got a vision board for Good Dad Gang and where I want to see us over the next three years. How's the, how's the vision board work for you? We've talked about this before. Yeah, so the vision board, vision board is great. Um, I started my first one in 2019. I did 20. Uh, goals. One side was um, for ST Records. The other side was for uh, Good Dad Gang. And then 2020, I did one side personal. Then I did one side business. And then 2021, same. And so now, you know, we're in 2022. So what I do is I keep them and um, I don't throw them away. I just go to Staples and buy a new one because I never want to forget or lose sight of how far I came. And I also don't want to miss out like uh, in the 2019 one, it was 20 goals and I was able to scratch off 17. So three of them I wasn't able to get. It still bothers me. I still want those. I still want those three. So sometimes I carry them over like, all right, bro, you really, really <laughs> wanted to do this and you didn't do it. So carry it over. And then sometimes I give up and say, hey, maybe that wasn't such a great idea. You know, maybe that's mm. why it didn't happen. But sometimes it doesn't happen in the time frame, though, that you think is going to happen. Right. You're just putting it out in the universe, and the universe sometimes will give you that, but it's going to take, you know, it's going to be a different time frame. Agreed. Yeah. Even the Ewing, it took four years, you know, yeah. right around the time that Capone and Noriega had their Ewing um, was around the time that they started doing a lot of um, collabs with different artists like EPMD, Capone and Noriega. They had a Cormega shoe. They had a, a AZ we did shoe. The Drink Champs one. The Drink we did Champs. Two of them, yeah. So the Drink Champs actually really motivated me a lot because. When I went to the drink champs, the one where y'all had the locks, the one where y'all got me really drunk in like five minutes <clears throat> with the tiger bone. When I was there, the guy from eight and nine was in the back and he was like, he right. had a bunch of pair of Ewings. So he gave me one. And when he gave it to me, I was just looking at it and I had already liked Ewings, but just having it in my hand and looking at it, I'm like, man, this is a really fly shoe. Um, and then, like I said, watching CNN do it, watching Drink Champs do it, EPMD, then, uh, you know, so many other people, it just kind of gave me an idea like, yo, maybe that maybe they'll be down to do a, a collab with, with Good Dad Gang. So when I tried the first time, they kind of were like, we weren't big enough as a brand. So they kind of just like ignored it, ignored the pitch. And then like once the stuff started happening with Diamond and we were proving that we could make a lot of money in a short amount of time and that we're a real brand, we're not going nowhere. It wasn't just like something thirsty, like, oh, yo, I'm just trying to thirst off you, right. you know, leech off you. Like, yo, listen, we can bring something to the table. We have a huge movement, too. Once we were able to show them that and we had the meeting in person, we sold it right away. They were like, oh, yeah, this is a great idea. We'll do this. We'll do it for 2022. So nice. what people don't know is it's a long process. It takes almost mm -hmm. two years. Now you got to design it. Then it's say you got to yeah. go to China. It comes a year all the way to come back from China. Then we're dealing with a pandemic. So the materials slowed down. And it's like... All that work that goes into it just for that one day when you drop it in, you're like, here it is. And it's like, mm -hmm. 
people just yeah. kind of feel Crazy. like there it is yeah it's like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah like 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 your friend said like it takes a long time to materialize and sometimes it's not on your terms but i don't give up and um i keep it pushing and i keep trying and some things ain't meant to be either i've had like major stuff happen for me and then like i think it's gonna happen and it don't happen and i'm like all right you got to chalk that up to be that that wasn't meant to be has your has your oldest ever seen your boards or she ever asked about it or have you ever or are they doing or, or consi- yeah, you know told her to consider doing that yeah no she um so what this year when i did mine i did one for her and one for my little daughter and i let them fill the boards out themselves um and my oldest daughter left the board here she don't even look at it she don't care about it um and my little daughter i think she's a little too little to really like kind of care but i I went to her mother's house. She spends more time at her mom's. I went to her mother's house and put the board over there at her mother's house. So she could stare at it every day when she wake up. Um, and for me, I have mine in my bedroom right above my bed. I have both of them. There's two big ones right above my bed right now. So when I wake up, I have to see them. Like when I wake up, say a prayer, check the phone, there's 500 messages. <laughs> you're looking over there and you're saying, okay, I was supposed to do this. I got to master this album. I got to finish this. I got to call this person. I got to email them. It's right there, you know, and that's how I stay on track. Because uh, without the vision board, I mean, we get so distracted so easily. And especially when you got a little bit of notoriety, it's easy to get opportunities. Every single day I wake up and somebody's like, hey, you want to come rap at this show? You want to fly over here? You want to come do this, that, and the third? And um, you'll get you'll get thrown off easily. So I keep the vision boards like right in my bedroom. So that way, when I wake up, I see them. I don't think Kay, you're still not on the vision board thing, right? You were never on board. No, I've done, I've done them in the, I've done them in the past. Kay, you ain't shit. <laughs> yeah, <right>. basically <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I no. feel like me and Manny were with it, and Kay wasn't with it. No, I've done it. I've, I've never done it regularly. Like, I've, I've had one in the past where it was more visual, like pictures, as opposed to, yeah. uh, you know, writing things down. I've heard um, of that. But then, but then I also have things that i just keep stuck in my head of like all right i want to see something i want to see whatever it is happen and so it's almost like i have the thought in my head that just doesn't go away until something goes down but i'm down with vision boards i just i've never yeah i haven't i haven't done like how you're describing it yeah i might give i might give that a try though i'm gonna show you some way of going Remember the the list we did for the album was a vision yeah. board as well. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I feel like that materialized at least to eighty five to ninety percent. Yeah, I mean, look, I definitely do. I definitely do like weekly lists, like even just on some short term stuff. Yeah. Um, because, but that's more of like shit that has to get done, or I want to get done. But so definitely got to think. Okay, there you go. <laughs> oh wow. Twenty twenty. This is my old one from last year. So business personal. So you see the right. gym. Four yeah. days a week, go away, eat clean, buy your first property, furnish your crib. You see on this one, Diamond Deal, yeah. uh, you know, drop five albums, update your publishing, you know, things like that. So, like, I just, just to show you kind of like how it looks, maybe to motivate you or whoever, whoever's going to watch the pod, um, it's like, I want to, I need to see it. I'm a visual person, you know, and that, that was one thing that I loved about writing rhymes versus writing rhymes on this. I used to love writing rhymes on the, in, the, in the notebook. Cause when you can see it, I don't know. It's something about right. seeing it. it. Just you really visualize it a little bit more. But writing things down really helps me. I know everybody does it different. Like Kay said, like he could just have it in his head every day until he gets it done. I know a lot of people are like that, but me, I gotta see it. I'll tell you one thing. Like mindset shifts 
so I've been doing a lot of that personal development stuff over the last like, year and a half. And the common theme that I keep coming across is writing is probably one of the most effective ways to accomplish your goals if you're being consistent about it. So like you hear people talk about journaling, setting their intentions every day, like vision boards, all of that shit is basically the same thing, which is like you are trying to achieve something. And the only way you're going to get there is by you setting that target. If you don't have a goal in mind, you're not going to get anywhere. So you got to like, you know, meaningfully chase the shit, but ultimately remind yourself on a daily, like, yo, this is where I'm headed. This is where I'm headed. And it's like, like, the, shit, it's, like the, happen. it's like writing it is the uh, beginning of the manifestation of it. And it's like making it solid somehow. Right. Because mentally speaking, like think about like experiences, right? Like your mind can't tell the difference between something you dreamt versus something that you actually experienced. It kind of treats it the same. Same thing with writing. So like it makes it real for your head. And then now everything kind of just conspires. It's like a commitment. It. It's yeah. almost like com committing to something. Yeah. But K, K wants to be the Biggie Smalls of vision board. <laughs> he <laughs> wants it in his head. No, no, I'm down. I'm, I'm, down, I'm down with both of it. It's probably just being, this is probably just being lazy and not doing the vision like, I don't need to write that shit. <laughs> I can spit it right now. It's ill. It's ill in hip hop though. You, you see everybody's processes. Um, you see everybody like how different dudes write rhymes or how different dudes make beats or, you know, what up, even how cats DJ a, a live set. You see like how people's mind works and it's really incredible how you can have kind of the same results from so many people, which is greatness and totally different process. Right. So I don't hate on nobody's process. You know, everybody's process is different, but that's what works for me. The vision boards help a lot. Yeah, definitely to each their own for sure. Yeah. But there's a lot of there's a lot of things that people don't necessarily use that are out there, tools that you could use to enhance and help yourself to 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 get to your goals, to accomplish your goals. I'm I'm gonna drop a gem right quick, and this might feel real like that you were in the bathroom or something on us. <laughs> <laughs> it might feel foo foo to some people, but like I've been listening to a whole bunch of YouTube videos from a guy named Earl Nightingale. Didn't you so send us? Me I did. Katie? I sent y'all. Yeah, I, I listened. Like no, nah, I listened to it. I listened to it. Okay, so I didn't listen yet. Just on the mindset tip, like he just talks about a number of things, and this he recorded these things. I don't know, sometime like in the forties, fifties, but it holds true today. And it's a lot of stuff that we kind of alluded to here, stuff that Term is already doing, but really just shifting how you think and really just making shit happen. And getting away from all the excuses that you kind of try to put in front of you to like stop your progress. So there's short, there's a lot of short videos. His name is Earl Nightingale, N-I-G-H-T-I-N-G-A-L-E on YouTube. And this um, is your deal? I wish. I would I would have been scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only catching up at 42. Imagine if that was my uncle. He was no, fooling me early. I, I listened to the joint and he reminded me, you know, I, I also follow a I always I don't want to say the name wrong. Napoleon Hill, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think no, because like, I think I'm Napoleon Dynamite. And I'm dyslexic. <laughs> I'll be fucking these names up. But yeah, think think rich and grow rich, right? Or is it grow? How does it go? That book? Think, think and grow rich. Well, that book changed my life for sure. And it was ill because who was it that was on Drink Champs? Jay Prince said that he he was like me and him. We we're like, yo, he was like, yeah, that that book right there. So uh, term, I don't know if you ever checked that book out or or this dude's writings. But it's, it's ill stuff, you know, and, and he gives you like like just everything that all the successful like he studied successful 
Yeah, that was like from in, back in the day, right? Yeah, That's like, yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, Rockefellers yeah. or, or right. hired him. They paid him to study people that were successful in across all kinds of things, like sports, uh, industry, different things. And they wanted him to find out what was the common thing that he mm. found out about all these successful people. And then the dude went on to write a series of books. Do you all kinds of what shit. the common thing was? Dude, there's a whole bunch. It's a whole bunch of shit in the book. It's a lot of shit. But I mean, it's it's really common sense shit. Once you start reading it, it's like it's like do you know, like like give people more than they expect from you. It's like, you know, uh, one thing that's oh, well, well, a lot of I think a lot of it was like uh, clear intention of what you want. Like you have to know, know that you want to be successful or rich or whatever. Right. Right. But one of the things that always sticks out to me, I don't know why it's it stays in my head is the whole thing about sex. Like it's like. Don't let sex basically run you. Yeah. You know, your sex drive and how it ruins like opportunities and ruins, you know, you reaching your goals. And he, he has like a whole chapter on sex, like yeah. using, ball, like using sexual like. energy. I mean, you know, Cuban Latinos, you know how we do, but <laughs> why are you doing all this though? Why are you doing <laughs> I'm, I'm just talking with my hands, bro. But, but, but it's, it's ill. Like the whole thing is, is ill. And, and I learned a lot from it and I read it, you know, years ago. And and it definitely helped me. You know, I don't read books like that. So you already know how I get down, Manny. <laughs> I think that's the only book I read in its entirety. Really? We'll, we'll talk more about those because there's a bunch of books that we could talk about um, in future episodes for sure. Yeah. Not none of your nasty porn books, bro. <sighs> no, no, no. I'll save that just for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> book that changed my life uh, that I still read over and over and over to this day is uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. The Hell three- yeah. Yep, I read that Rich, too. Rich, Rich Dad Poor Dad, uh, Financial IQ, um, Cash Flow Quadrant. I have the audiobooks. And whenever I get like off track of you know what I'm doing, I put those books on and they help me so much because I'm like, oh yeah, now I remember what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I'm supposed to be paying attention and building these businesses and keeping my mind, like, even like you were saying about the sex thing or, you know, vacationing or just getting off the track, off path. Um, One thing like, like to me is repetition, you know, it's like what we were saying about what, what um, rich people or like successful people, what's one thing that they all have in common, I believe is repetition. They do the same thing every day, which is just kill shit. Every day, kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it. As soon as you start deferring from the plan too much, you know, you start falling off. So I think um, with me, I, that book, those books, those audio books, they, they helped me a lot. You know what I'm saying? Even though some of the information is now obsolete because some of them were even written in the 70s. But the overall basic idea of saving money, investing money, not working for your money, having your money work for you while you're sleeping. These are concepts that most of us didn't grow up having. Um, either either a we had poor parents who didn't know about money or b we had parents who were just more just working to live and pay the bills but none of us grew up with no bill gates or no you know we didn't have people that even had that type of mindset and um and so something that i do with my kids is we we do talk about that all the time like sometimes i'll bore them to death i'll put the robert (laughs) saki books on in the car when we go for a ride and I'll, and I'll ask them, like, hey, do you know what this means? Do you know what that means? And just kind of drill it into their mind. Um, me and my youngest daughter, I always ask her, like, you know what an entrepreneur means? And, you know, after a few times, she started getting it. And I said, all right, kid, so, you know, how do you get rich? Making money while you sleep, you know? Well, how would you make money while you sleep? 
investing or maybe you have a company. So I kind of like give her examples. I say like, okay, you see, um, for instance, your grandmother, she needs to get up every day and go answer phone calls every day to get paid. But me, I'm sleeping. People are buying these while I'm sleeping. So I'm making money while I sleep. So you see what I'm trying to get in your mind is like sooner than later, make money, invest money on whatever it is, whether it's stocks or bonds or a company or whatever. So you can be making money while you're sleeping. So you, if you break your leg or you get sick, you're not just going to lose everything because the money's still coming without you having to work for it. And so the, I kind of learned that through those books. I already knew it, but I kind of learned that through those books. And it really opened my eyes and helped me run my companies. And I'm trying to like pass that mentality onto my kids. So, so that way they're prepared. So that way by the time, you know, they're young adults, they have some investments going for them and they have that mentality. And they're not just kind of making a bunch of money and blowing it and having nothing to show for it. Just, just think how amazing it is that most schools don't teach any of this real world financial information. It's crazy. I mean, if they were teaching this kind of stuff at, at you know in elementary school at an early age when these kids are sponges, imagine the head start they would have. I mean, you know, it's our job. We're gonna we have to teach this stuff on you know at home on our own. But I mean, damn, they're in school for so many hours during the day, and like just some of this real world put it to use information that's just left yeah, off the, the table the all fact the time that you can graduate high school and not even know anything about the stock market is crazy yeah or how to balance a checkbook or how to uh open an account <laughs> anything, anything how to do your taxes you're thrown out into this world because you know i don't want to start with the conspiracy theories because i'm a real i get deep with the conspiracy theories but it's clearly by design that these kids don't learn finances because if they keep you you know, poor, or they keep you just with that mindset, then you're not going to go up and, and bridge the gap and take right. from them. So yeah, wouldn't it make more sense to learn this kind of like early on instead of geometry? Yeah, I mean, you can you can learn both. But I mean, I'm saying like, what's what's the practical applications? No practical application. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Bro, I'm I've never used I'm 39. I've never used geometry one time in my entire life. Yeah, like when my basic uh, addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. That's, that's it. it. Bro, and now you got to calculate on your phone, Chacho. That's it. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> a wrap. You got to <laughs> come on, bro. You got to We got QuickBooks. You know, you can get QuickBooks now. Like you, you got an app for everything. You just need to know what target what you like. You need yeah. to know about the industries. You need to know about what yeah. you're using these apps for, and that's the problem. We we're not teaching these kids. We're not us. Obviously, we weren't taught either. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying like I felt we would all everybody here would have been better off. Would have been ahead of the game if we yeah. were taught these things. You know, we had to learn the old old school hardcore way. You know, what I'm saying yeah. like by fucking failing. Yeah, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. Get a good job. Work hard. Pay bills. Die. <laughs> yeah, basically. Man, you know, it's like, damn. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, I like, I like, really, really, really want my kids to live their life. I'm always telling them, go live your life, have fun. You know, my daughter's 18 now. I'm like, please, before you have a baby, go see like five or ten countries. Go see right. something. Go see that the world yeah. is bigger. Travel is important for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, go see the world. Great. Like, you'll open your mind up so much when you go travel the world. You'll see so much. Um, and so. I really, I really tell, you know, the kids all the time, I, I'm constantly working on them as far as like getting their mind ready for the real world. And I don't remember if I touched on this last time because it was so long ago. It had to be about three years ago when we did the first interview. What episode y'all on now? 
This is 200, 202. 202. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So 200 <laughs> episodes ago. But but one thing that I always tell them is like, okay, you have two things, large obstacles standing in your way. One, you're Latina. That's hard. Already off the rip. That's one thing. And when I'm, I'm talking about in a corporate setting, uh, two, you're a woman. So you're coming into this world, right? Let's say the head of the company is an old man. This guy don't want some little young Latina girl telling him what to do. You know what I'm saying? Being the boss, coming in, being right. the boss. They're going to make it hard for you. They're going to make it hard for you. So you have to be double as sharp. You have to work double as hard. You have to be double as aware. And you can work your way up these ladders and people are going to put all these walls in front of you and you're going to knock them down. But don't come into life thinking everybody owes you stuff because that's kind of like with this generation, they feel like everybody owes me, everybody has to be all nice and respectful. Everybody don't owe you shit and they don't have to do nothing for you. Right. They're gonna be fucking foul to you. So just be aware and, 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 and be ready, be sharp and be hungry and be ready to go get it. Cause the whole world is out there for you. You can go get it. You just have to be dedicated and want it. And on that note, gents. That's the, that's the gem of the week right there. Let's just cut right now. Speaking of go and to get it term, let people know again where they can go get Good dad gang gear, the, yeah. the Ewings, and find you. First of all, thanks for having me, man. I got mad love for all of y'all. Knew y'all for a long time. EFM, been doing freestyles for him since 2005. Sir. And, and Kay, that's my brother, Monster. You know how we do. But gooddadgang.com, you can get the gear. Uh, go on there. The uh, the Instagram is at gooddadgang. Please submit pics, take pics, doing fun things with your family, wearing the clothes. We try to repost everybody. And if you want the sneaker, ewingathletics.com. There's still a few pairs left. Go check that out. Thank you, my brothers. Appreciate y'all. And, and, you, and, and you were on, uh, you were actually on my first release when I had Latchkey. You were on Domingo's album. That was that was our first Latchkey release back in 2006. Yeah. That was, <laughs> yep. that was crazy. Yep. Yeah, that was, that was your label, right? Okay. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Shout out to Domingo. That was my father's name and my grandfather's name, and that's my middle name. Yep. Oh, dope. Oh. Yo, thanks for um, sharing that info, man. We didn't mean yeah, to put you, you on brother. the spot. All right, um, Manny, when we get off, text me the uh, the name of the, the dude again with the. I got you. I want to check him out. You got watch it. out. Watch out what he texts you after that, though. No, no, no. Cogelo <laughs> suave. <laughs> Peace, bro. Peace. Later. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child.